This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Okay, stand by. Here we go. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? That's part of what rainbows do. Rainbows are memories. Sweet dream reminders. What is it you'd like to do? All of us watching and wishing we'd find it. I know you're watching. Manamana. Manamana. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean and I'm sitting here with Brooks and Greg. What's going on, everyone? Hey, how's it going? Do 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 Manamana. I was thinking about going waka waka waka, <laughs> waka waka waka. It's like wow, what a what a what a lovely set of icons the Muppets were. <laughs> nothing but catchphrases and nothing but awesome music. That's about just about everything I like about jazz was either represented in the Muppets or in Charlie Brown. I know that that makes me sound like a philistine, but it's true. I'm reading about uh, Jim Henson's early career and how he started the Muppets, and he was a huge fan oh, of yeah. jazz. Oh yeah, well it you shows. Know? That's no no doubt that the, the that influence is pretty obvious. So you did manage to find a book then about Jim Henson. I found the book. Now, uh, obviously, we're going to talk Muppets tonight, world. So hopefully, you can keep up. They're an international phenomenon. But you know, Greg and I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go to the Atlanta History Museum and see an exhibit of Jim Henson's earlier work and earlier Muppet stuff. And it got me wanting to see, like wanting a book about that stuff, Greg. And you you may find this interesting. I found a book called Jim Henson's Designs and Doodles, which I'm fairly certain is actually written as a companion piece to that that exhibition. Oh, really? Yeah, it, almost everything that we saw in that, like the early doodles and sketches and designs, is in this book. I wonder why they didn't have it there for sale in the little yeah, shop. Exactly. Yeah. I want to tell you your business, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would have bought it probably at that point instead of the fifty dollar book that they were selling. Well, that's that probably why they didn't the have days. it. They were trying to push a more expensive book. Well, it didn't. It didn't really work as a companion to the exhibition because they did have some of the classic Muppets there. We got to see Bert and Ernie. We got to see one of the very early Kermits, not the first one. You know, Manamana was there. Yeah, awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that stuff's not in the book because that stuff's you know just you know that's for guys like us who want to see Muppets in real life. But most of the the exhibition was actually about some of his earlier designs and work, you know. Yeah, he did he a lot of working uh, and commercials doodles. and things like that before he got into the Muppet show. And, and uh, I had no idea before this, this showing and before this book about how long the Muppets were popular before their TV show. Like, yeah, I saw, at least 10 I saw years. a thing on PBS a long time ago where they showed him on, um, like, the Ed Sullivan show or something, doing a little yeah, bit with Kermit, and it was yeah, really was funny. was amazing to, to Sean and I when we were in, in this exhibit is uh, all these characters that we know from, from the Muppet show and also from Sesame Street. Um, and, I you know, I kind of remember that being maybe late 70s, early 80s, but... You know, a lot of those characters originated probably in the early 60s. Early 60s, yeah. yeah. Because but before they were, even bef- I guess about the same time probably that, that he was doing those commercials, some of the characters that became famous were doing regular spots on variety shows. Like Rolf was one of the very early like characters who had any kind of personality, and he was a recurring guest on on the jimmy dean show so i, I wouldn't have never thought that rolf would have been one of his early characters well rolf is if 
You know, I don't this remember liking dog, Rolf right? as much as a kid. The yes, piano player. He's the dog. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm just, look, not everyone is as old as us. We got to help them out a little bit. Uh, well, I remember as a kid, not Rolf not being one of my favorites. Oh, but I always loved Rolf. When, you know, if you watch them now, especially the, the, the Muppet movie, the original one and the old Muppet show, like his bits are always the best. Like he, you could tell that he was probably a better, you know, one of the more developed characters. Probably aimed. My favorite characters were always the musical ones, like Rolf and the, and, and the Electric Mayhem. I love the Electric Mayhem. The, yeah. the, and the Animal, animal yeah. yeah, man. Everybody remembers that. The perfect drummer. You know, well, Kermit, Kermit's always been my hero. I think Rolf and Kermit probably are the two that represent Jim Henson the best. The two characters that he probably personally did the most. Yeah, well, I've got a dream too. But it's about singing and dancing and making people happy. That's the kind of dream that gets better the more people you share it with. And, well, I found a whole bunch of friends who have the same dream. And, and it kind of makes us like a family. Which is kind of funny when you look at the early stuff. Like, Kermit as a puppet was around for a while, but it, you know, in the early days, it was a long time before he developed as a character, became one of the main, to be like, you know, the Mickey Mouse of the Muppets. And an interesting note, the fact that they did commercials for so long, when, when he developed the, the Sesame Street, he cut all that off. Like, he didn't want any Muppets endorsing any products after he made Sesame Street. Yeah, it's a shame that because changed. Because he felt like... Well, the, you mean like I think the Muppet characters or or just Yeah, he didn't he didn't forbid merchandising of the characters themselves. He just didn't want them endorsing other products. Mm. Like, you know, Rolf used to sell dog food. <laughs> Aftershave. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of shaving. Well, you'd be surprised. Like it was a it was a phase for a while where people were going crazy for Muppet commercials. You know, because no one knew what they were. They just, it was such an interesting little thing. And that was, you know, just for from an advertising perspective, too, that was back in a day where you didn't use humor to sell things like they do now. So it was sort of on the cusp of, of you know, sort of advertising. And really, the it, industry. it was kind of interesting in that exhibit to watch those commercials. Uh, I think they're better than what commercials are now. But as far as actually describing what the product does, um, those commercials seem better to me. Um, whereas well, nowadays, yeah, there's always some sort of little, you know, they're more upfront, straightforward than they are now. And that's for sure. Yeah. They don't, well, they're not trying to grab your attention as much, I guess. They're not competing. Well, I mean, with they all grabbed the, the attention things. with the Muppet, I guess. So they were able to talk yeah. about the product more, but he, he always tried to have like a gag or something in it. It was very neat. I'd like to. I'd like to get a DVD that had some of that earlier stuff and and his earlier short films, and some of his animated stuff. I think it it's pretty fascinating. Although he pretty much stuck with the Muppets throughout. I mean, he was a puppeteer, you know, first and foremost. But it's pretty fascinating to see where he had a foray into any other kind of filmmaking. I've never seen any of that stuff. Well. Are we going to do any free talk tonight, or are we going to launch right into the Muppet thing? I think anytime you want to talk about something other. Well, I have a, a beef with with Hollywood. Um, Is this over the Zohan? Yes. Because you don't mess with the Zohan. You don't. <laughs> My friends and I watched the movie the other night, and I have to honestly say I thought it was very, very funny. I really did. And the whole time I'm like, I remember everyone telling me this movie was god-awful. And I thought it was really funny, and I just—I don't can, get it. I don't understand. Can it not be both? It looks like it's probably both. Well, I guess. yeah, this it may actually stupid. go into something I was thinking about talking about too, because I saw Tropic Thunder this week. I did too. I saw that and last. I hated week. it. Really? <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was awful. Why am I not surprised to find out that Greg hated Tropic Thunder? <laughs> that movie, I loved he, that. Yeah, movie. Greg typically hates all the comedies that we enjoy. My no. biggest beef with Tropic Thunder was that all the funniest parts are in the trailer. Well, that's true, but I think that there's a sustainable funniness to Robert Downey Jr. throughout yeah, that I movie. I mean, he's great. He doesn't no get old. Some of the others, Jack Black actually doesn't deliver as well as some of the other well, people I think in the movie. Jack Black didn't deliver. Uh, ben Stiller started to have some funny moments toward the end. You know, where where he started going native. 
You know that that part was pretty good, but uh, the simple jack thing was funny, and in fact, they had they did more with it during the promotional period. Yeah, they showed scenes. That's another beef I have with that movie. They showed a lot of stuff in the trailer that wasn't in the movie, but I, I, I thought it was funny. There being a lot of stuff in the trailer, I like. He kills a panda in the film, so that pan that panda's right to me. I like how he wears it as a helmet. <laughs> I liked the trailers at the beginning because you can't tell at first that it's gone into something fake, and I think that's sort of the subtle brilliance of them. Satan's alley. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. What were you, you your well, beef with uh, Hollywood? I'm just saying I'm tired of people criticizing movies just on the idea that you know what, they're Hollywood's like. I don't like Adam Sandler movies. I don't care if this one's funny or not. It's stupid. They're all stupid. They're all horrible. But that's what makes them funny. You know, you're telling me that, that all of the Will Ferrell movies aren't stupid, too? People don't think they're not funny. Well, you know, I'm going to say something that's kind of interesting about that. I, I also like saw Kicking and Screaming this weekend. Not, not, the Will Ferrell not, version? Yeah, the, the Will Ferrell movie? version, the soccer movie, which was actually pretty good. And, oh, and no I like, yeah, so the one kicking and screaming, the so one Will Ferrell movie I don't like is the one you do yes, like. And that's putting a magnifying glass to it. Yeah, I like simple things. <laughs> I like I like jokes that I can follow. I like people breaking wind. You know, none of this weird, over the top crap. Now I get what you're saying because I think Topic Thunder did go it was over the top, but I I think most everybody sustained. I thought Tom Cruise was pretty funny in that movie. Actually. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> yeah, he. He was probably the most unexpected. He was actually part, the best part of the sure. movie, I think. But everyone in it, I thought Jack Black didn't annoy me. I just, I thought he, he was a he's little. Just he's, he's kind of a wasted people, character. Yeah, he didn't he, really have anything. It looked like he was to trying to give people what what they think Jack Black is supposed to deliver. And I thought that didn't work. Although the part where he's making fun of the clumps at the beginning. <laughs> pretty much that some of the things that they come up with i think nails it as far as hollywood films are concerned like the the, the when robert downey jr is telling ben stiller what what's wrong with with simple jack why it didn't take off he's like nobody ever yeah. told you you never go full retard you really don't know do yeah you? i mean just look at it you know dustin hoffman in rain man yeah sure he's got problems he's autistic not fully retarded though Think about Forrest Gump. I mean, he's slow, but you can't really tell. Fine. No, but he's like, yeah, but he also was a ping pong champion and <laughs> and uh, met with President Nixon or whatever. That ain't no retard. But then Sean Penn does I Am Sam. Nothing. <laughs> it's like he saw what happened it's such him. a true Hollywood rule for him to say, you never go full retard. <laughs> Because he went full retard. There were there are moments that that could carry that movie by that by themselves, even if the rest of it wasn't funny for me. No, 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 no. Well, you will hate Zohan because it is complete over the top, ridiculous slapstick. But I thought it was great. To me, they they need to make a sequel or actually a prequel. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued by that movie though. I, I'd like to see it because uh, I'm getting tired of him a little bit. But I would say he is really good at that ridiculous slapsticky. Well, this is the best one humor. since Happy Gilmore, I think, well, that's, by far. That's a rave for me, for, for, for me, because I think, yeah, Happy Gilmore mm. was very fun. So now I love Happy Gilmore. I mean, there is a lot of, of junk exploitation in the movie, though. It's not as overt. You don't actually see it, but there's a lot of, you know, bulges and <laughs> erections and stuff. So uh, it, it fits under your that category. On the subject of, of junk exploitation, <laughs> I've got an interesting aside here. That's I, I guess it's a junk exploitation. I got into it a conversation with the, I guess about a month ago with some people about this movie, uh, Eastern Promises. Have you seen that with Viggo Mortensen in it? No, I've I've heard of that. Well, it's the, it's um, got a junk. I've seen the trailer. It's, it's got a junk it. moment because, and, and and much as I don't want to see this sort of thing, you kind of have to give it to Vigo. He probably has the only full-on man nude swinging dong fight scene I have ever seen in a movie. I mean, it is prolonged and extended. The scene. Is. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> poor choice of words right there. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to talk to the groundlings a little. Got to feed the groundlings. Well, does no, he like, but I mean, there's there's it's, have three it's a moment of badass. It's like it, it, we could name it in our beatdown it. scenes <laughs> because it's like he's in the sauna getting a schwitz, you know, just mind his own business, and these two like you know, Eastern European mobsters are trying to kill him and there it is a big full-on bloody raw fist fight where he kills both of these guys 
Is this the one where he's like the Russian cab driver or Russian driver for the mob and he's got the tattoos? Well, he's not a driver, but yeah, yeah. And it's like Shaft in Africa. It's like a like swinging around kind of. You know. <laughs> but but the, the beauty of it is that they never they don't shy away from it. It's like it is a full on naked fight scene. So you get as well, a, as for moments. No, no, because the guys, guys enjoy the two guys naked. What can I say? Well, I'm just saying on? that the topic of the conversation was not how much we enjoyed seeing his man business. It was about how we got to give it to him, even though we we don't want to see that in movies. That was pretty badass. <laughs> I guess. So. so we way to go, Vigo. You don't see that very often, and nor do you want to. But you got to you got to give it when you see actor, it. That's a serious actor, man. That's a, a moment. guy that's willing to do that. That's serious. So he wins the 2008 Swinging Schlong Award. Yeah, really, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if what that trophy looks like. <laughs> but, but it's all yours, Vigo. Sohan doesn't have that. It doesn't show anything, but um, but it does have a lot of uh, you know base humor in it. But it also has a lot of over-the-top Team America-style action ridiculousness. I think that Adam Sandler, and this is why he probably gets a bad rap from people, he's so good at this just, you know, ridiculous, like, caricature characters that he makes up that you sort of, it, it, it feels like you're talking to a guy who's just making up funny stuff while you're talking to him, you know what I mean? i tell you another thing that really helps this movie in, in versus the other Sandler movies is he uses a, a, he never uses the Adam Sandler whiny voice. You know yeah, what I mean? Really. Well, he's got that whole character. Like, yeah, but he never does that. That's another thing I think is great about this. You don't have that little Nicky whining well, nonsense. That's what killed little Nicky. He created a character yeah. that was wall to wall irritating. It's actually yeah. a pretty funny movie for being so far out there. But it's... exactly, I I feel the same way about that movie. The movie's good except for his character. <laughs> he drives you crazy. I gotta ask <laughs> on, on behalf the of character. the Zohan, what? fast food chain does he just for no reason plug what's the product I placement i don't believe there is any in this one. i don't remember there's no subway no subway I was for that. no popeyes chicken little nicky liked popeyes chicken like please that's somebody paid for that nobody just says he they wants like to popeyes be a hairdresser chicken. and he wants to work at um oh i can't remember the guy's name it's a famous hairdresser guy in new york paul mitchell Paul, Paul Mitchell. Oh, my yeah. God. So maybe Paul oh Mitchell Lord. is a... I mentioned the man business from Vigo, and I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Can't do that in the same it. episode. And it is so full of cameos. You would not believe how many people are in this movie. In fact, Dave Matthews, of all people, is, plays a big part, and he's really funny. But it's got Henry Winkler and all kinds of just crazy. Every now and then, you're just like, what the hell? What's he this and Henry Winkler here? must like working. George Takai's in it. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like he's getting any a old lot of, He must be keeping his profile up. He's getting a lot of appearances these days. Who, George Takai? Yeah. Well, you know, he's like the guest oh, host oh, for oh, Howard oh, Stern oh. when he takes a day off. So oh, is that why? Because yeah, I, I was watching a thing a on play. YouTube where he was bagging on the Shatner pretty heavy. And then... Well, because apparently yeah. he doesn't like him. <laughs> there wasn't really a specific yeah, like Shatner. Do, I, guess. I know, because they were grilling <laughs> Shatner about it later, and he was like, "And and who who is George Takei? <laughs> he played Mister Suku." Well, I recommend it if you guys like a stupid comedy, and if you like a, a slightly smarter comedy, I recommend. Um, well, um, that's good. What you call it? Tropic Thunder. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. In fact, I am working very hard, and I'll give this to you, World, because I'm doing my own part in my, in my corner of the world. I am trying to name a drink Tropic Thunder, and maybe you guys can get with me on this. I have decided that pineapple and vodka should be called Tropic Thunder. Two, is there not already a drink with pineapple and vodka? Pineapple and vodka is all anybody ever calls it. It seems like everybody drinks it and doesn't have a name. It's making me crazy. Oh really? So I maybe you got your own name for it. Maybe you can set me straight. But I've already I've been, already been talking to the 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 people here in Savannah. I've got a deal worked out with the Savannah's greatest bartender, as voted by people like me. We're getting as it out voted there. Voted by myself. <laughs> no, they're they're actually one of the bartenders at the the bar that I go to was voted best bartender in Savannah. That's so I've got him on board with the Tropic a Thunder. A high honor, to be sure. It is a high honor. Oh, yeah. 
You gotta respect the bartender. Nobody ever Remember voted. That. Yeah, Especially first of all, the bar, bar it's, a, it's a doable profession, and second, I never got voted best anything by anybody. No <laughs> oh, man, you gotta know your stuff to be a bartender, a good one. Yeah, really. I don't. Yeah, I like I like being on the other side of the bar. That I that I'll I'll do that part. So. We were discussing the Muppet thing earlier, and there's a movie from the vault. Yeah, this is a movie. the The so far of all the movies from the vault, this is one of the few I've seen, and it's also the one that I would wholeheartedly not recommend. Yeah. This may be the only <laughs> movie from the vault that we're going to tell you about that none of us. If we well, I haven't heard it yet, so let's hear it. Movies from the vault. Have you ever seen Meet the Feebles? Oh god! Just once in a lifetime. There comes a motion picture so courageous, so explosive, that all else pales in comparison. This is such a picture. Oh, it's beautiful white From Peter Jackson, the director who gave you bad taste, comes a movie with no taste at all. Meet the Feebles, a motion picture that gives all it's got. Meet the Feebles, the adult puppet movie with something to offend everyone. We mention it for the sake of its notoriety and infamy. Oh, God. But I don't, this is an early Pete Jackson movie that I guess he was trying to go, what's that movie, Ralph the Cat? Is that the the old Bakshi movie? I don't know. Well, maybe I'm saying that right. Fritz the Cat, that's what it is, Ralph, whatever but I think it was it, he was trying to do so, something sort of like that, you know, but cartoony, but borderline pornographic, hardcore R-rated puppet film. It's completely obscene. It's horrific. I almost thought that the other day. That actually, when you and I were at Movie Stop the other day, I, I saw it on the shelf, and I, I I thought, you know, I just need to buy that. Meet the Feebles. Just to have in my collection I, as an example I of do something have that's it. really terrible. I have it for that very reason. I saw it for like ten dollars one day, and I bought it because it's like a movie this bad is kind of important in the, in the annals of filmmaking. We may want to show <laughs> someone this movie. Hi, Harry. Just doing a bit of undercover work. That rash on your groin looks pretty ugly. Don't taste too good, neither. Of my bed, you parasite! <laughs> I was sorry to hear about your fatal disease. Do you have any comments? It's slander, it's libel. I have no fatal disease. I'm perfectly healthy. Let me just see what Dr. Quack has to say. <laughs> Quote, there's only one disease that fits these symptoms. It's the big one, Harry. Unquote. It is the worst movie I think I've ever seen and not quality wise because of course I've seen horrible movies but just in terms of just making you sick in your heart I remember turning it off I, I don't even think I've ever finished that movie because it's somewhere around the part where he eats the other character and then throws him up <laughs> later vomits him up I think really it's the, I, I think my, my inability to sit through this movie comes from my deep love of the Muppets it seems to really yeah, fly I mean, it, in the face that's, it's sacri- of everything it's almost that like makes sacrilege. them awesome. Yeah, it really does that's seem that way. That's part of the problem. Like, if it were human characters, it wouldn't be as bad. It'd just be vile. But that They're dragging the Muppets you, into some this. It's just hard with, for me to understand you know? that somebody who would create a masterwork in the Lord of the Rings trilogy could could have done something like that yeah could also think could it be was the good. same guy behind that. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he played, I, I really appreciate with Peter Jackson that he played with genre so much and that's I think what made him good at, at doing the Lord of the Rings because he tried all kinds of different stuff and most of the time I think it kind of worked and some of the times it didn't at all and you know Meet the Feebles didn't work at all but then when he did it with Dead Alive he made the most awesome gory horrible horror movie yeah, of all that time one is- it's funny because that one, much like Feebles, is is really intensely graphic, but it's so charming in its presentation. Where Feebles is, there's just some subtle atmospheric difference between the two. Where Feebles, I didn't find charming. 
I found just offensive, you know? <laughs> well, I think the fact that it was a Muppet takeoff did that. And isn't there like a rape scene or something? <laughs> there's all kinds if of stuff I, in it. I don't know. Like, oh or God. there's just plain, I don't know if there's rape or if it's just darkly sexual. I did. I don't even, I, I can't sit through the movie. I mean, and and this is coming from us. We have sat through some movies. Yes, <laughs> and I'll, I'll admit they weren't all good. No, I mean, we've watched like, I spit on your grave and stuff like that, which is just blatantly horrible, horrible movies. We, well, we managed to finish those, but that that shows you the the context. That shows you how the the standard we've set and how bad off this thing is. So, if you want to just see how bad bad can get, check out Meet the Feebles. I guess we bring it up because of the Muppet subject. Yeah, it's his dark take on what it's the the story of Feebles is. It's much like the Muppet Show. They're Muppets and they they put on a show, you know, a little stage show or whatever. But it's kind of a what would it be like? I guess if it were real and all the Muppets were drug addicts and sexually and I, I think and, that's where it goes wrong because they're puppets. It makes it creates a sort of hyper reality because the darkness of it is so much more emphasized because they're puppets and puppets are innocent that it makes it not fun at all. Like it really puts it in perspective. And, and like we said, there are just some things you don't mess with. Although I have to tell you this, while we're talking, I've got HBO on and that epic movie is on mute. And just Oh, watch, God, that looked horrible. Oh, of course. It, 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 and it is, without a doubt, irredeemably awful. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, I, this thing is on mute while I'm talking. And I'm seeing the scene progression from one thing to another. And it really is just literally... Just this this parade of images from movies that just came out. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like it's like a big commercial for movies that aren't even funny. Like, do you have the spoof Nacho Libre? That movie wasn't good. They probably didn't know it wasn't good before. Yeah, they were shooting it before that movie even was on made. The, script. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code, you know. Just these random... Uh, How is Nacho Libre an epic movie? It's not. These movies are a lie. They are a lie. They, the, these <laughs> studios just basically quote-unquote spoof a movie that is just now coming out on DVD just so it's familiar to the audience. So maybe they'll go rent that movie too. So you're going to make one crappy movie to try to sell another crappy movie? What has Willy Wonka got to do with this for God's sake? It makes no sense at all. For God's sake. <laughs> I'm with you, man. If if I the really world's am. getting tired of seeing Jack Black do his shtick, do you really think there's room for a guy pretending to be Jack Black doing his shtick? What's wild about those movies is that they keep making them. I mean, who's watching? I guess someone's watching. People must be going to see them. I, yeah. I really think it's lowest common denominator because hey, they're making fun of that movie we just watched. We saw that. That's funny. I get that joke. I like this because it's not challenging to me. I never buy that argument. I know that there's people out there that aren't as smart as other people, but I never, I, I, I really don't believe that the average moviegoer is would find that funny, because it's so clearly not. I don't know. I, so I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if it would, the like average a, would, because I don't think the average moviegoer is stupid, but I definitely think they believe they are. The I think those movies, movies appeal to people the same way that go into horror movies do a lot of times you go with about 10 people and you laugh at the screen and you just make fun of it i think that's what the appeal is about those types of movies it must be people that just go to the movies all the time because if i had ten dollars to spend on a movie because it's expensive you know i i that would be the last movie i would these see. don't even maybe like a romantic comedy give you real laughs i mean literally like every two minutes now i have seen every scene is in a set piece that is derived exactly from another movie like the first scene was a takeoff on the da vinci code and then she gets a willy wonka take it the second right. scene is a takeoff of nacho libre really guys really then somebody gets a willy wonka ticket and then the third scene is like snakes on a plane these things these scenes are all identical to the actual movies they're supposedly spoofing, all of the movies are already bad and not very popular. I'm kind of curious how, now you've got me curious, how they narratively string these together to make some kind of sense. Well, apparently these are the way that they introduce various characters. Then the scene ends with one of them getting a candy bar, which is going to take them to Willy Wonka. 
Oh, so and now they're going to make fun of Paris Hilton, who no one will remember in ten years. This movie will make no sense at all. It already makes no sense. Yep. No. Go ahead and find a Willy Wonka bar. Okay. So this is the plot of the movie. <laughs> now we're watching. Okay. Yeah. Listening yeah. Let's to not Sean do DVD commentary okay. yeah, on a movie let's, I've never seen. Let's let's move this on. This is a podcast about listening to Sean watch a movie on TV on mute. So I, I hope <laughs> you guys sounds, enjoy. It. That sounds like the most brilliant idea I've ever heard. Though that might be a sister show. We started this talking about the body of work of one of you know. The great cinematic masters, and now we're talking about. <laughs> well, you got to draw contrasts. While we were talking about Meet the Feebles, <laughs> it opened the door to this crap, which makes Meet the Feebles look brilliant because at least he was trying something. It's a brilliant fa- failure. He was trying something that absolutely didn't work. I think he calls that the years of bad taste, Peter Jackson. Does. He, he, he I would that. like to hear from you if you're a big fan of the movie because I'm sure there are people out there that are just rolling around right now in anger thinking that movie is brilliant how can you not oh, see i'm the sure i'm sure there's probably people who do like it yeah, but, but i'm actually not disputing the brilliance of it that's what i find funny i find funny is that i didn't find it funny <laughs> now there's a character who looks just like mystique from x-men i mean literally like the, watching this movie on mute is like having a dream that movie's not epic either i mean i don't get how they're saying these are Making fun I know, of epic I guess because they haven't gotten around to making a superhero spoof movie yet. Well, how many epic movies have there been in the last, you know, four or five you, years? As epic as Nacho Libre and Snakes on a Plane? <laughs> Difficult to say, movies of that magnitude. I think there is there is one. Isn't there a superhero movie? Like, Yes, epic, there's a superhero It is spoof. called, stay with me, superhero movie. Which is another thing that makes me crazy okay, about this me. genre. What's it about? What also kills me is they're almost never about what they say they are. Disaster movie spoofed on Iron Man and Indiana Jones. Why? Stay with me. Because they'd been out for a week. Because the well. movie was made to advertise other movies that are either still in the theater or about to come out on DVD. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. My own counter will I keep on who is to be trained. The Jedi must have the deepest commitment, hmm? the most serious mind. This one, a long time have I watched. All his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon, never his mind on where he was, hmm? what he was doing. Adventure. <laughs> Excitement. <laughs> a Jedi craves not these things. Let's go back to simpler times, more innocent and pure times, Muppet yeah, times. Let's get back to our topic, Sean, <laughs> if it's not too much trouble. Unless there's some other thing on TV you'd like to talk <laughs> yeah, about. For a minute. Okay. Well, we talked about the Meet the Feebles. We talked about the early days of Jim Henson. Obviously, most people have probably seen, you know, the the Muppet Show. I imagine just about anybody, no matter how old they are, have seen either the Muppet Show or Sesame Street. So you know you have had Muppets in your lives if you're, you know, of European Western culture. I don't know if you grew up in Zimbabwe or in Japan or something. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. But Muppets are a huge part of our yeah. Culture. They're everywhere. They are part of the global consciousness. You've seen Yoda. Yeah, right? that's a great example. And and that was yeah, actually, something. you know, when Lucas was making Empire Strikes Back, he tried to get Jim Henson to do Yoda. And Henson was busy doing something else and, you know, turned him on to Frank Oz, who is, you know, his right-hand man in all things. Well, that to me is what's ultimately sad about, I guess, Jim Henson and his art is that, you know – that type of special effect, you know, at least in regards to, to movies, you know, big movies now is more often than not being replaced by, by you know, CGI. CGI. Yeah, it's it's and, a uh, real unfortunate thing because yeah. they and tried to get Frank before, Oz so. nominated for a, a best supporting actor Oscar for for Yoda in Empire, and everyone was like, whatever. But I mean, that just goes to show you what a puppeteer can do. I mean, Yoda is very lively. 
it's almost uh, un- it, well it is unfortunate they replaced him with CGI so he could walk around and sword fight but he's not nearly as expressive as the puppet yeah yet. I don't want to get into it because we've done this before but episode one was on TV over the holiday and while I was flipping around and Yoda was in it and he he doesn't look real he really doesn't he doesn't look half as, as a real puppet. as the puppet well they rig- figured that out the Yoda model that they had in, in the next two movies was better but yeah he was kind of a misfire I'm actually surprised they don't go back and replace that with the same design they used in the other two movies they should since they're going back and replacing all the stuff that wasn't since wrong. you're going back and fixing the movies that were good you could probably maybe they should go back and replace Jar Jar but we won't get into it yeah Wait, the point are is are you talking we, about the, we, the Yoda the Yoda from the first episode one yeah, episode with one the big Yoda. weird yes. bug eyes Did not look yeah good. he didn't look quite right he looks hair. very cool in still photos but he it looks very odd animated it doesn't look real. It does, you know. It does. It doesn't look like he's there. I, I hate that, and I think puppetry, puppetry is suffering because, you know, they're they're doing everything in CGI, and I really and think there's no reason they couldn't have had a puppet do those scenes and then and just CGI the parts they're, where he's bouncing and they're fighting. They're flip happy with with the computers, and they think they can do it without having to have like a physical design, and you can see the difference. In Jurassic Park, and we probably have talked about this a little bit, but I mean Phil Tippett, who is also you know an awesome effects guy and puppeteer, like designed the the original. He designed the original dinosaurs, and then they used computers to to animate them, you know, to enhance them. But a lot of the original designs were actually sculpted puppets, so they look real once you got that scanned in, and then you animated it looks real. But if you create the whole thing in the computer, it was never real. I mean, it was never a physical thing, and it and you can tell the difference. But I, I don't. I, I miss that 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 sort of strange ability of a puppeteer to bring something inanimate to life. That you saw. I mean, it it the Muppets could not be simpler. The designs of the puppets, as far as like their facial expressions, that's one thing they talk about in the book a lot. Is like the little subtle things that they did, you know, with their eyes to make them seem engaged or to make them seem crazy or to seem mean, you know. And it's like about the placement of the pupils on the eyes, because the eyes are almost always just basically half a ping pong ball. And it's so neat how they um they really do look real. Yeah, not like real animals, but I mean they look like they have real emotion. They look like they actually are characters. They don't mm-hmm. look like a hand in a sock. They're alive. And that's the thing I think is is very hard to capture with computer animation. Yeah, unless you're because you don't have that a puppet is a physical extension of the puppeteer. Like literally, like they you're working it with your hands, you have all the fine complex motions of your own muscles. You know, being sent straight from your brain, so there is an organic quality to it, and a performance quality. And what you're not getting, because people will say, people that work in CG, they'll say, "Well, you know, we're performers too. We're performing as we create this character on." But it's not real time. You know, you're doing frame by yeah, frame by frame. I don't want and to, to take anything thing. away from what they do, but I, I don't, I'm not sure I would think of the, all of them as performers as much as they are artists. But I think that's they're more like architects yeah, than they are musicians. Yeah, exactly. So There's a fine line there because you're not acting it out. Even even sort of a 2D animator is more of a performer because he's making faces in a mirror. You know, he's drawing with his hand. Like you're designing something in the computer. You're losing that element. I miss I miss simple chop editing on on for video because you used to actually drive while you were cutting video. You know what I mean? And now it's like everything is just punching points into the computer. You, there's no tactile relationship between you and what you're making. Yeah, and yeah, I, I miss that sometimes too. It was much more like you know pulling cranks and you know mm-hmm. turning knobs and things like that. You know, as opposed to just programming it in, letting the computer do all the work. It made it more of an art because you actually did have to be good with it. You know, you had to be good at the wheel to be able to do stuff. Almost physically good at editing. And now it's just like everything is it's just a bits of data, you know, and it's it's opened up wonderful doors for for everybody. And it's awesome. But I, I think it would work better as a supplement to the way we used to do things instead of completely replacing. And I know they're not Muppets, but man, Team America was awesome yeah. <laughs> because they were real. And it it was so neat looking. 
It was so impressive, just visually impressive. They stripped down and, and made a, and had, got a performance out of these things, and that's really where it comes. I mean, yeah, the, and they were really amazingly done. If you look at the facial expressions and stuff, they're really impressive. Well, I, I think I think we're branching off from Jim Henson here and just talking about puppetry yeah. in general, and and I agree that you, know, you you definitely lose something because of that, because even like like the individual styles of the various you know puppetry houses have their own mystique about them i guess you know because like, like you know team america was kind of a throwback to those old um the thunderbirds you know, and stuff thunderbirds like that. and you know that kind of yeah. thing and uh you know stuff that we remember with a lot of fondness that i think is is definitely being lost because people just find it easier to crank it out of a computer that's what i worry about i think there are some you know, some geniuses with, with CGI that are breaking new ground. Like I would say 300 and Sin City were very clever and innovative with that, with using computers and, and false backgrounds. But I don't think that those movies prove that you can make movies without real things in them because they so they so work around that concept. You know, the, the, the flash of it is it sort of brings your it to your attention that it's not real. And I think they sort of create a hyper reality by you. You can only focus on so many things because there are only so many things that are actually real in the scene. I still think in regards to computer generated imagery in, in movies, you use it to augment reality and not create reality. I think right. that was yeah. a big mistake that, that they made in the Star Wars movies is that everything uh, aside from the actors and even some of the actors, you know, w were created in the computer. I mean, you, if you look at the making of, you know, sections of that DVD, it's you and McGregor standing in front of a giant green screen. But, you know, they're now, ooing and awing over that kind of stuff. But then you, the, you cut to these scenes on Naboo where there's this amazing waterfall and all this stuff. And, and like, wow. So what is that? Computers? It's like, nope, that's salt. Like they're pouring yeah. salt to look like a waterfall, and it looks awesome. So, I mean, obviously they know where simple measures can make something look a lot better. Well, you know, we've been ripping on Peter Jackson a lot in this episode, but I do think he definitely got it right with Lord of the Rings. Oh, absolutely. Because, because you know, even though he he used a lot of computer effects in uh, in those movies. He still went to New Zealand and shot the mountains. Well, and you know, all the time, it, it, when you it, see a thousand guys coming over the hill, it's because he shot 20 guys and used computers to make it a thousand. They didn't make a thousand people in the computer. You know, they based everything on real people. Gollum was based on an actual human performance. And it, mm -hmm. you can tell. You can tell. There's, there are a lot of, real, of human qualities that would be impossible to, to imitate in that performance. And I really think bringing it back around to what we're talking about, I think you can kind of thank Meet the Feebles and that that kind of experience for that, because he played around with 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 these surreal elements, and I think that probably helped him understand what works and doesn't work. But I think you know all that kind of stuff primed him to understand how to make a movie like Lord of the Rings, and not lose it over the effects. So what's he doing next, Hobbit? I don't know if he'll be doing the Hobbit. God There's willing. all this talk that that they, you know, that they have sewn up their differences, but now he's too busy to make the Hobbit. Was what they were saying. So well, he he would doing. produce it, but not direct it. Yeah, I'd heard they got Del Tormo. I, I heard they were talking about yeah, it, which Del would be Tormo could be interesting. It. But I wouldn't. I yeah, worry a little bit about good. people who are too too creative getting into an adaptation. Because there's it's something limiting about doing an adaptation. You can't be too creative because you have to stay you know true to the material. Yeah, but it's such a rich universe, and and I think they they'd be so respectful of it too that they they wouldn't screw it up. I don't know. Do right. Well, he's no. if he's staying on as an executive producer and his people are making it, there is a, a stronger possibility that you know that nobody would go overboard, that it would be more true to the story. I don't know. You know Tim Burton and. All those guys, you well, know, you know how we feel Batman. about Tim Burton. Yeah, because let's not get into that. <laughs> well, I would like. I think. Well, I'll say this: when Guillermo del Toro is a very creative and original director, but when he took on Hellboy, 
which is a somewhat unknown property, and they stayed pretty close to it. You know, he worked di- directly with the creator of the comic and all that. You know, Mike Mignola, Mignola is a big part of those movies. So if if he's true to something like Hellboy, which he could have deviated from completely and no one would ever know, then he could probably work within the world of The Hobbit and bring his special, you know, panache to it without changing the story. Plus, I think he's an awesome director. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> We're sort of on the topic of that. Well, I mean, you know, what are we going to talk about? The Dark Crystal for an hour? You know, we got to we got to jump around. I'm sure there are people that wish we would. At this exhibit, they did actually have some costumes from the Dark Crystal. Uh, we, we were actually wondering why they didn't actually have the the actual Muppets themselves. Yeah, it was weird. They, they had, had the costumes. clothes on display, but not the actual puppets. Maybe they don't have Well, them. that's what Greg thought. Maybe they've it's been destroyed they're or able to get all this stuff put together mm. at all. You know? Like with the Wallace and Gromit, you know, there was a fire in the studio yeah. and they lost almost oh, everything no, from that movie. Shame. Well, yeah, this it, this was kind of an odd little exhibit that way because uh, you didn't see all the one all the characters you thought you were going to see. Like, you, I mean, you did see Kermit because there'd be a riot if you went at a Jim Henson thing and didn't see Kermit. But um, you, there probably would be a riot. The probably, hmm. <laughs> nerd riot. Well, a nerd the, riot. The purpose the of the exhibit was to look at his earlier stuff, but you can't do right. Jim Henson without making with a few Muppets. So they brought some. You know, they brought in Bert and Ernie, and they brought in Manamana, and they brought in. King Gosh Posh and stuff I'd never heard of. Hmm. But, you know, that made it fun where you're looking at the stuff on the walls. Every room has an actual Muppet on display. So you've seen some of the real Muppets. And he did do some work in animation before he got, or, or I guess maybe maybe he might have been already doing Muppets. But yeah, he actually, he was doing Muppets first. It's weird. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very interesting exhibit. Yeah, I'd like to to um, to read that book you're talking about. Yeah, if you can find it. That's Jim Henson's Designs and Doodles. I bet you can find it used on Amazon or other some other site. But that's what I got it off of Amazon, used. You guys are going to be mad at me. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen The Dark Crystal. I'm not mad at you for that. I'm not, no, I, I, I like The Dark Crystal, but I'm not as big a fan as some people are of it. I remember when I was a kid thinking it was weird. Yeah. I've never seen Labyrinth either. Uh, you don't have to see Labyrinth. Labyrinth isn't <laughs> really? weird. It's just not. It's not good. It's not. Now people would be oh. mad at me. <laughs> those, those I was going to say, Muppet, uh, you're inviting trouble. Well, I, I think I, I would welcome the argument as long as it's friendly. I don't get in real arguments with people. But I actually remember when Labyrinth came out, and I was so excited because it was a collaboration between George Lucas and Jim Henson, and I thought, well, this is going to be something. How awesome! And it seemed like such a, I don't know, kind of meandering. Is it David Bowie's fault? No, I actually like David Bowie. Yeah, well, yeah, I actually enjoyed Labyrinth more than I did Dark Crystal. I guess maybe because of the star power. You know, it had David Bowie in it, and it was the collaboration between Jim Henson and George Lucas. But it's, it's kind of one of those movies where I sort of made myself like it. Yeah, I think it didn't uh, work as a as yeah. a collaboration you know the 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 muppet parts seemed muppety and the people parts seemed peopley and they never seem to come together when you're watching the muppet show and they're sort of and they're playing off of each other you you sort of you get into it because they're all yeah. against a big cardboard background it is pretty weird i mean th- that movie um, labyrinth really has no ending i mean it, it's sort of there's all this weird stuff going on, and then they cut to the happy ending, you know, right at the end. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't, a, I know, I don't yeah. know if they were trying to be like a Wizard of Oz kind of story. I, I don't know either, but but yeah, you're right about the Muppets. So the Muppets in Labyrinth were a little bit more comedic than in Dark Crystal. Dark yeah, Crystal was a very serious story. It was think, a very heavy story. I think Dark Crystal works too because it's all puppets. Mm-hmm. Like there is, you don't have to worry about that sort of crossover, that collaboration. They create a whole world there so i think that starts to work but in labyrinth i don't think it and there's a lot of charm to labyrinth there's a lot of charming moments and stuff i'm not i'm not saying that that i hate the movie it's just i I don't love it either i think a collaboration of those guys could have and i could have borne better fruit is all i'm saying (laughs) it's one of those like willow kind of things or just misfire i guess i actually like willow a lot better than you do 
I enjoy Willow at least. It's not a very original story, but but it is entertaining. A, yeah, that's kind of the way I am. It's sort of a Hobbit ripoff, I guess. Yeah, it's a Hobbit Lord of the Rings ripoff. Like the, yeah, I didn't like the character of Willow. Oh, I love. Of course, this isn't Muppets. Oh, we'll, come on now. We'll, we won't. Let's <laughs> not get into our little friends. I'll slap your face. <laughs> You know how I feel about little people. <laughs> Warwick, I don't Warwick feel anything Davis, about man. People. You I'm, gotta, not to, I'm just being Warwick funny. Davis is awesome. I like to see him. Warwick Davis is a little person who is a working actor and st- and stays working pretty consistently. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, he's he always the awesome. midget and stuff. He isn't. Yeah, he never plays the tall guy. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> I, don't mean I mean, he's always like the little weird dude. He's not even actually like a, a dwarf or a little person in movies. He's always like, we need a guy to play a troll or a gnome. Or like a, if a movie about a yard gnome comes to life. I think of that many movies that have like actual dwarfs as characters. And I don't mean Lord of the Rings Who is that dwarfs, guy? But, you know, and I should look up his name now that I brought him up. dwarfism or whatever. Did you ever see that movie, The Station Agent? Mm-hmm. You'll know yeah. the actor sort of indirectly. You remember Living in Oblivion? Vaguely. That movie about uh, Steve Buscemi as a as an indie film director? Yeah. And there's a very funny scene at the end of that movie where he's trying to do a dream sequence and he has like a dwarf. Look, Tito, it's not that big of a deal. It's a dream. Strange things happen in a dream. All I want you to do is laugh. Why is that such a problem for you? Why does it have to be a dwarf? What? Why does my character have to be a dwarf? It doesn't have to be a dwarf. (laughs) Then why is he? Is that the only way you can make this a dream? Put a dwarf in it? No, Tito. Have you ever had a dream with a dwarf in it? Do you know anyone who's had a dream with a dwarf in it? No! I don't even have dreams with dwarves in them. The only place I've seen dwarves in dreams is in stupid movies like this. Oh, make it weird. Put a dwarf in it. Everyone will go, whoa, whoa, whoa. There, it must be a f-ing dream. There's a f-ing dwarf in it. Well, I'm sick of it. You can take this dream sequence and shove it up your ass. It's true. It's very true. It's a very funny scene. Peter Dinklage is his name. He's probably the only, you know, is he a person of guy? lesser stature. No, you're thinking about that guy from Bad Santa, aren't you? Yeah, he's I'd... still the dwarf and things. But Peter Dinklage has been in some some acclaimed stuff. He's come as close as anyone has come to being, you know, a legitimate actor in the movie industry. Because the midgets got hit hard when CGI came around. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, just like the Muppets. Midgets and Muppets, man. There should be a union for those guys because computers have replaced yeah. almost all of them. That was when I heard that uh, Peter Jackson wasn't using little people for Hobbits. I thought. Yeah, how's he gonna pull that off? <laughs> well, it just felt bad for them. It's like, yeah. man, how many, how many I bet the like little uh, people are of the world are like, you telling me we don't get hobbits? I know. You can't give us hobbits. We've been holding out for twenty years for them to make these movies. And now they're gonna shrink actors with computers. This is the only book about us, and you can't give Tony it. Tony to Cox us? is the name of the guy in Bad Santa, who's been in stuff forever, even going all the way back to that episode of Buck Rogers with the whole thing on the off way thing. back. <laughs> that's awesome oh wow how old is that I don't that know guy? but that's way back he's probably yeah at least in his 50s it's that's hard nice. to say he looks the he same he doesn't look that old in, uh, <laughs> he doesn't look that old in Bad Santa looks the same the earliest thing I can see for him well that was probably as far back as he goes but was uh, 1980 it's the first thing I see for him on IMDB wow. so, so yeah he's been around a while oh he was also ago. in the Ewok yeah. Adventure and Return of the Jedi oh man See, these guys awesome. got hit hard. If Lucas, if nothing else, I know. I mean, he at least brings back Warwick Davis, I guess. He still gives him work. But he used to, George Lucas used to make a movie, and 50 midgets would get a job. <laughs> like, overnight. They loved him. Jawas, Ewoks, two Ewok movies, spinoffs. Willow. Old, yeah, old Willow. Everyone like, man, world. God bless George Lucas. Those were the golden days. And then what? <laughs> They've still got Leprechaun. Yeah, exactly. I bet. The, well, I bet the the, the I was going to say the Lollipop Guild. I was trying to think of the union for small people. It probably wasn't very nice. <laughs> that would be a horrible name for the union of small. People. Well, still they were working. That would Send defeat your email the purpose to, entirely. You know. 
What happened? We tried to pay tribute to the Muppets and started pissing off the midgets. I'm sorry, but I didn't make those movies. They did. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to make an Ewok movie. What was the last real... Because they still make Muppet movies, right? Disney cranks make... one out every now and then, but no. Do they use Muppets, or are they animated? Oh, no, they're Muppets. It's still the Jim Henson company. Yeah, his son Brian, I think, I guess still runs it. I, but, of course, they've never had the, you know, the appeal that the that the first ones did when, when Jim Henson was alive. Matter of fact, some of them are downright weird. <laughs> yeah, I think the only one I've seen in recent years that I found at all entertaining was The Muppets in Space, because it wasn't a remake of anything. It was a, a story by itself. I used to love Pigs in Space. That was my favorite. Well, there was one, a TV movie that was sort of a, it's a wonderful life kind of thing where. Oh, yeah. You've mentioned this to us before. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. I'm, I mean, it's like, it's got Whoopi Goldberg in it playing God. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Why not? Yeah, at this it's point. A, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. She keeps playing these like weird, powerful characters like that Star Trek character and stuff. I'm like, who who really sees her that way? Who's casting and say we yeah. need a mysterious? We need someone with person. with presence, Whoopi like Whoopi, <laughs> who can also be on someone the View. Someone that can be a singing about. nun. <laughs> She's now the host of the View. Well, that's nice. I'm not a Whoopi hater, but hey, Tony Cox is on this epic movie. Because you know, yeah. <laughs> there you go, and the circle you know, is yeah. complete. <laughs> if we're gonna have a talking groundhog, we might as well have a midget. Now, if there's a Muppet in there. Well, I guess the talking beaver is a Muppet. It's definitely a puppet. Still, whether you promised them something or not, you got to remember they wanted to come. But that's because they believed in me. No, they believed in the dream. Well, so do I, but... You do? Yeah, of course I do. Well then, well then... I guess I was wrong when I said I never promised anyone. I promised me. Hmm. The Muppet movie is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I love the Muppet movie, the very first one. Like, it actually gets to me. That's a great movie. That's the heart of that's the heart of the Muppets right there. If you haven't seen the Muppet movie, forget Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and all that junk. You know, those are okay, but if you want to really talk some Muppet, get the Muppet movie. That's just sweet and good What's for everybody. The, um... it, well, it's interesting how you say that one kind of gets to you, because that that's the same feeling I got about that movie the first time I watched it, or, or when I was younger, you know. Uh, you know. Now that I've watched it again, I can see it's, you know, it's a, it's a kid's movie, it's a little hokey, but man, what? I love that movie, I, and I really thought that that was kind of an important movie when I was a kid. Well, I think because I it, think it's still it was about a, dreams, you know. It yeah, was about, I think it, it's an important movie now, and it is te- definitely about dreams, you know. And it's about, mm-hmm. and not just a, it. It's about dreams, and it's about people coming together and and working together to to realize their dreams and friendship. And I, I hope that's not just a kids' movie because it's about those things. Some of the the, the 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 humor in it is kind of hokey, but but it gets. Like, I really I really love that movie. Like Kermit the Frog in that movie is everything I want to be in my adult life, except for an <laughs> actual talking frog or made of felt. I mean, metaphorically. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind hanging out with a bunch of crazy things on a bus. That seems kind of cool, but but. I, I think if you haven't seen it, if you're a lover of movies, you should watch it. If you're a lover of Muppets and you haven't seen it, I mean, it's a crime to have not seen that movie. But The Muppet Show now is on DVD, and I've been getting those, and they crack me up. That's probably the only good TV from that time period, from the variety show time period, that only just r- recently resurfaced to ruin television again. So I guess that works on, what, a 30-year cycle? <laughs> but what is with all these people wanting to do variety shows now? And it's not just variety shows, but reality is the new variety show. Like, Dancing with the Stars. Like, really? 
It's like, Lord, it's the return of total crap television. Well, Muppets was a variety show. But that's what makes it awesome is it's the only one of those old variety shows that, that I've seen that is actually deeply entertaining in its format. And I'm not talking about well, Ed Sullivan really and all that stuff. That stuff was show. before my I – mean, Oh yeah, it's totally. I mean, I guess I mean it's, you know, it's partially because all the guests, none of you know, they weren't real. They were all just Muppets, except for the guest star. Yeah, and they, they would, would actually on, do but... musical numbers with that person. You know, they had Milton Berle on the Muppet Show doing like vaudeville with with uh, Fozzie Bear. How awesome is that? Apparently, it got to be a pretty big thing for for actors to to be on the Muppet Show. It was really solid. That really yeah, solid. Man. After Luke Skywalker was on it. Hey. And as a kid, that blew oh, my I mind. Still, I haven't even gotten yeah. to that in the DVDs yet, but that, to me, I remember that when it's him and they're doing the skit with him and Chewbacca and all this stuff. Before the days of DVD, I remember looking for a bootleg of just that episode. That was a hot item back in the day. I remember there's, there's they mentioned in the book one time about like the cue card guy sometimes would accidentally point the cue cards at Rolf during a sketch. Because they get so caught up in in the character, they would forget that that he wasn't real. You know, like I went to the Renaissance Festival years ago, and there's a little guy there called the Dead Bob Show. I mean, you guys know what it is, but to other people, it's a it's like a puppet. It's a puppet. You know, a guy's got the puppet on his hand, and he's got like the executioner's hood over, so you can't see the real. He's not even a ventriloquist. No, because he just makes the puppet talk, but he's got the hood, so you can't see his face at all. So, anyway, Dead Bob picked me out of the audience, of course, naturally, because, you know, I love performing in front of people. Oh, yeah, and, he um, caught the extrovert in you. That was. <laughs> but he, uh, when I was talking, even when I was sitting down and he came up to me, when I was talking to him, I found myself talking to the hand, talking to the <laughs> puppet. I wasn't, and I, and I realized I was doing it after a while. I was like, oh, how weird. I'm actually having a conversation <laughs> with this guy's hand. Like, what does he think? He's looking down on me. I'm sitting down. He's standing up looking down, and I'm looking off to the left at his hand. I mean, how strange. He's a full-grown man who's completely he still disappeared. the puppet? Yeah. But you're mm-hmm. talking – what's what's amazing about that too is when you're in the show, this is a part of the show if you've seen it more than once at this time where he'll pick people out of the audience. So what he does is Dead Bob starts looking through the crowd for victims. And literally like when Dead Bob starts looking in your direction, you sort of look away so that he doesn't see you and it, and it's the puppet there too. It's you're the hand that's Avoiding moving. the gaze of that puppet. He's probably looking in the other direction and just having his hand look that way. But, but you say, awesome. oh, God, the hand's looking at me. Look away. What a, what a powerful and effective device that is. It's neat. But it's that's a cool. really good example because he wasn't – that's almost like Muppetry because he wasn't a ventriloquist or anything. He just covered his face up. And, you know, made some kind of remark in, in the show about, like, this is my keeper or whatever. And then you totally forget him. You forget that that person is there, you know, in favor of this puppet. That was a really good show. That was really funny. It was, it's the only thing that made the Renaissance Festival worth going to. <laughs> it's the truth of it that uh, you'd go true. see the Dead Bob show, you go home. That's not true. There's Buy a shirt stuff. with ruffles on it and, and, and a big pickle. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot there. Sorry. Turkey legs? Bunch of guys in, in, in leggings. Well, I don't want to diss on Renaissance festivals. I think there's a lot of real talented guys that work really hard on their shows. Surprise, surprise, there's a Jack Sparrow in the epic movie. <laughs> That's old school, man. That's like last year or the year before even. I guess the third one must have been around at the time that they were doing this. Mm. Oh, uh, that's weak. Oh, God. Well, if you're ever in the Atlanta, Georgia area... Uh, we are blessed to have the Center for Puppetry Arts here here in the area. Yeah, which we haven't had a chance to go see yet. We went to the Atlanta History Museum, but I would love to see the Center for the Puppetry Arts. Yeah, I Arts. would too. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to make a point to go here pretty soon and, and, and maybe even you know support it because I think it's... Practice what we preach a little bit. Yeah, cause, well, because yeah, well, puppetry is very, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a dying art. I swear, world, if I ever get the time, I'm going to do a puppet show. I mean it. He's already even got the puppets made, folks. I could get some pictures for you on that. I actually do have some puppets made. I have been planning for years to do a puppet show and just never, you know, it's it's very time-consuming. <laughs> As a free art, it's very time-consuming world. 
to provide all this entertainment to you free of charge, as that would no doubt be. And believe us, it is free of charge. <laughs> yeah. Not on my end. It cost me money. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> but yeah, but whatever. Right, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> How about I end every episode with a tirade now until the show just winds down <laughs> and goes off the air completely? That seems to be our, our pattern. We're, hit, we're, we're kind of headed that way. We are <laughs> raining a bit tonight. I think we've kept it on the plane of things we like. If we've had anything bad to say, hopefully it was in good fun. Except for so, Meet the Feebles. That movie is Yeah, crap. it truly is bad. <laughs> but I do I do think it's worth a watch because there's, there's a lot going on there as, as, as an instructional piece. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's something you can just Netflix, you know, I don't want you to spend money on this, but if you've got Netflix, and go ahead, give it a... It's something that you can tell people you've seen. It's like that Star Wars holiday special. It's a terrible thing to watch, but it's something that yeah. you can tell people you've seen. Just don't tell Lucas you've seen it, apparently. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> you might not come out of that alive. You might get dis- You might get CG'd. Yeah. You might That's get what disappeared. So does he figure out how he can Yoda. CG people in real life now? Yeah, Holy crap. For real. <laughs> you might get replaced with Captain Flip Flops. <laughs> the, the magical trash-talking gnome. All right. Feedback at tv8mydinner.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think about Muppets. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Who we doesn't like we respect Talk your opinions. Hey, folks. I'm actually reading emails now. Awesome. Greg's reading maybe, now. Yeah, so <laughs> that's not reason enough to write. <laughs> yeah, really. I just learned how to use vowels. <laughs> yeah, really. I learned how to use my vowels yesterday. <laughs> And that's it. That's all I got. Sorry. And that's all you need, my friend. That's good stuff. So give us a uh, drop us a line, like I said. And we will talk to you guys next week. My name's Brooks. I'm Sean. And I'm Greg. Life's like a movie. Write your own ending. Keep believing. Keep pretending. We've done just what we set out to do. Think this show is educational? Yes, it'll drive people to read books. <laughs> 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 <laughs>